New Zealand Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community, proudly supported by Umbrella Connect. Greetings, folks. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brett Roberts, great to have you joining again. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you for having me again. Ah, always, always a pleasure um, for myself. You're very and, kind. Uh, I know for uh, for New Zealand Tech Podcast audience, so uh, yeah, great to great to catch Don't up. Speak too soon. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe you can remind folks uh, where you fit into this big wide world of uh, of of tech. Oh, um, oh, I guess I've been in the tech space in New Zealand since the um, early nineteen nineties or thereabouts. Uh, spent thirteen years or so at Microsoft, uh, and right now I'm doing some very interesting work at Callahan Innovation. Fantastic. Well, let's um, let's jump in. Lots going on, as always. Um, you know, I'm always sort of looking for that week where we find nothing happening, but uh, uh, <laughs> doesn't happen yet. Doesn't really seem to happen. Uh, I would say that the really big one for New Zealand is um, AWS and announcing their uh, uh, their launch into the New Zealand market with uh, with local, you know, a local region, local data centres. Um, but a bunch more things going on, new surfaces coming through from uh, Microsoft, um, uh, a big sort of shake-up in a, in a way in the world of uh, crypto and, uh, and Bitcoin and, and China. Um, Tesla... Um, uh, uh, make making some 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 steps a bit further in in areas that they've uh, that they've promised us for uh, I guess a very long time this uh, yeah. uh, mythical self driving uh, vehicle um, so we'll, we'll try and uh, uh, jump into that and um, um, some very interesting things uh, in terms of I don't know what you would call them flying nanobots these. Um, um, microchips that uh, that fly, so, so some interesting things there, um, and um, yeah, some interesting things from um, uh, Voc- with Vocus uh, New Zealand, one of our one of our key uh, you know telecommunications providers uh, here uh, in New Zealand, and um, and supporter of New Zealand Tech Podcast. Um, so let's let's jump in. Um, AWS Amazon Web Services. Um, I was looking at at some of their uh, their numbers and they're um, you know it wasn't it was only only seemed to be a few years ago that this was Amazon was was um, always a uh, a loss making company um, and people wondered about oh you know should should we be buying stock in this company they can't turn a profit sound very similar actually to probably discussions that were had about zero for a long time right um, now both companies do, doing pretty well. Um, and uh, you reckon? <laughs> um, I think uh, what's uh, what's what's AWS up to? Uh, last time I looked, I you know I think they were uh, oh, must have been heading towards the sort of two two trillion dollar uh, you know US dollar um, mark, which has has come along very quickly after hitting becoming a uh, or, or yeah, moving along very quickly from when our first, the first kind of you know U.S. tech firm hit hit one one trillion, which I think you know Apple got there first, but uh, Amazon and, and Microsoft sort of followed, um, you know, both followed fairly fairly quickly thereafter. Um, but I think pretty yeah, pretty exciting to uh, to see this this announcement for uh, New Zealand. Um, we're waiting on Microsoft to sort of, you know, lead the way with their own uh, announcement last year. 
um, to open data centers first. But uh, so you know, we're not quite sure on exact timing with with Microsoft, but. Um, 2022 certainly is a, is a possibility. Uh, AWS is saying 2024. How significant do you think this this is? Oh, I mean, it's huge, right? Without a doubt, um, for, for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, I, I was looking at the numbers too, and I, I always find it interesting when you get, you know, numbers being quoted like a 1,000 new jobs, um, and that's a very good thing, uh, and contributing $10.8 billion to the country's GDP over the next 15 years which off the top of my head works out to $720,000 per job per year. Um, you know, you can couch these things in all sorts of language language economically, but, you know, it is a very good thing. I think it's a great thing for data sovereignty. Um, I think it's a great thing. It puts New Zealand kind of technically on the map. I think it recognises New Zealand as being a, a decent-sized marketplace now. It provides capability and technology to Kiwi businesses. It's a good thing. Um, Microsoft New Zealand in the market is going to provide some competition. That's a very good thing indeed. Um, yeah, I, I, I struggle to find anything um, negative at all. Um, the only thing I would kind of uh, coach or counsel is that I think the number of jobs actually in the data centres is going to be this much, right? I was looking at a, um, a thing on Quora a few days back um, and Microsoft announced a data centre back in 2017 that was going to be um, 158,000 square metres. So that's a decent-sized data centre, right? Um and in total, it was going to um, create 133 jobs. Uh, and I remember talking to um, a colleague uh, who's now pretty senior at Microsoft these days uh, who was telling me that one of the data centres that they had in Ireland employed 17 people at any given time, and that included the cleaners and security people. So, you know, the, the actual, I think, what people need to understand is the jobs that will be created are kind of um, second-degree second jobs, you know, by stimulating the market, making these things more available to people. And that's all really, really good. I think it's a fantastic thing. So, yeah. And yeah, competition I, I, between them and Microsoft's a great thing. I, I agree. Yeah, 100%. It's great to see them, uh, you know, having to, having to, to you know, compete hard for, uh, for the New Zealand customer base. I was encouraged by the, you know, the $7.5 billion, um, you know, investment into New Zealand, I think, you know, or investment um, as, as their, you know, their way of describing it. They 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 use very different um, from my recollection anyway, and, and maybe it's just my memory because it was about a year ago uh, or a bit over a year ago we heard you know Microsoft's announcement um, maybe maybe fourteen fifteen months ago, yeah. um, but. <sighs> And um, you know, the, all of these firms use uh, uh, um, communications people to put to put the message out, right? PR yeah. people, we could call them um, spin doctors, you know, etc. Right? There's, I've there's got some good friends that are those people. They're not spin doctors. They're all good people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but you know, they 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 um, you know they want to communicate in a way that really captures it, and this has been communicated yeah. in a different way to how Microsoft did. And and I guess that was the bit sort of caught my attention with the seven and a half you know billion figure, um, just because I didn't remember Microsoft saying something similar. And I thought, well, you know, what's what's different? Uh, what's different here? Well, you know, probably we we see um, you know somewhat similar um, impact, different different size because AWS is is certainly the dominant. Um, you know, player as yep. as far as hyperscale, um, you know, cloud services. They are, you know, they, they clearly hold that number one spot, certainly on a global basis. Um, we, I don't think we have a clear breakdown of exactly how 
you know, how that that plays out, even globally and looking at the different stats from the different research firms. You know, one firm says AWS have got 50% of the market. Another says they've got 32. Um, you know, like it's, it's, it's really actually really unclear. Um, and, yeah, one, one would show uh, AWS with double the market share to Microsoft. Another would, would show Microsoft, um, you know, coming up very, very fast on, uh, on, on AWS um, and, and certainly being, you know, two, two, two thirds or, 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 or more, um, you know, market share. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting, but that, uh, that seven and a half billion number, I guess, is, is in many ways really, really encouraging because what it says to me is, well, if they're expecting to invest that into New Zealand over, over 15 years, um, well, that's coming out of Kiwi's pockets, right? Uh, effectively, they're not going to invest uh, $7.5 unless they're getting back at least $7.5 billion, yeah. um, in return. And so, you know, it talks to the scale of, uh, you know, of how much Kiwi organisations um, are leveraging the cloud. And, uh, of course, when you when you leverage things well, if we're, we're putting in, um, you know, let, let's say it was a, just an exact match, and Kiwi customers were going to spend seven and a half billion with them over, you know, over fifteen years. And of course, we're just bouncing numbers around. Not, not uh, this is not <laughs> yeah. the real figures. Um, then, we, you know, when you leverage, you expect to get much, much more back. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, hopefully in terms of uh, export return. So, uh, you know, without without delving in uh, too deep. Uh, it's good. It's you know. It's uh, yeah. I think it's it's pretty encouraging. And I think um, you know, Kiwi companies are, are really innovative in the way that they use um, they use these technologies. It's great for us, as you say, data sovereignty. That the data that sits in New Zealand, the, the, then uh, you know, it's going to be controlled by New Zealand law, uh, yeah. not able to be controlled by by another foreign uh, power. What happens, um, you know, with that with that data to to a large degree? I know there's some. There are there are you know mechanisms there where um, um, you know US run companies have have uh, have to do certain things according to to US laws. Really it's probably not, That's right. Not yeah. quite as simple as as we would wish, um, but you know overall really encouraging having having those systems so close to home. You know in terms of performance, in terms of uh, you know, concerns about continuity for New Zealand. If we got disconnected from, um, you know, from the from the rest of the world, um, yeah. you know, having having uh, AWS and Microsoft, of course, uh, locally, um, you know, gives us a, a, a much more, um, I don't know, a, 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 a lot more risk, shall we say? Yeah, yeah more, more more robustness there. I think so. Uh, yeah, really encouraging. Uh, pretty excited. I, I wrote a few notes down just while you were talking there that kind of popped in my head. So, um, you know, once upon a time, ten, maybe 10 years ago, if this was happening, I'd be quite fascinated by the technical details and maybe kind of less so now. Uh, but there's a couple of things that really intrigue me. So one is um, I haven't seen anyone talk about the electricity side of things yet. This is a country where we still have to turn heaters and things off um, at night occasionally over winter because uh, we're not, we don't have a robust electricity infrastructure. Um, and I would imagine both of those facilities, Microsofts and Amazons, will consume um, megawatts of power. Um, so I'm, I would imagine if they're being located in Auckland, that that's something that they're talking to um, Vector or, or 
one of you know the electricity companies about it. It, quite... it, it is Vector. Yep. Yeah. Yep. In fact, Vector so... were part of their uh, announcement. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 media conference, um, yep. the online media conference last last so week. I think so that's the CEO was talking. Yeah, I think that's quite an interesting aspect. Um, and then the other one um, is, and this has just um, always been one of my hobby horses for years. Is um, I hope that the you know the tax will get paid in this country as well. So everybody will take the dollars out. But I think you know physical location and staff here and all that sort of thing. I'd be quite interested to see you know NBR or Chris Keel at the Herald or someone delve into um, that side of things. You know. It absolutely creates jobs in New Zealand. That's a good thing, and and those individuals pay tax in New Zealand. But what about the corporations themselves, who, as we all know, have a wonderful knack and ability to shuffle dollars around the planet to you know minimise perfectly legally their tax obligations? Um, so I think some of that's being constrained. There's obviously that um, world agreement now that's in place with a number of countries, um, specifically targeting tech companies. So it'd be interesting to see how that part plays in as well. It's a great thing, though. It is all, all in all, it's fantastic for the New Zealand tech sector, and it's fantastic for the New Zealand business sector. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really interesting point um, around the 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 electricity side of it. And I had a discussion um, on RNZ last week, and and that was one of the one of the things we delved into uh, because there there is that concern: have we got have we got enough power? And well, why why is this happening in Auckland and not in uh, Southland? Where you know we've we've certainly heard some um, you know some ideas uh, yep. com- coming point. Yep. through. Uh, yeah, with, with with Ty Point shutting down, there's going to be uh, uh, extra extra power uh, available. The closer you are to uh, you know to the power. Um, yeah, the, the easier it is to a degree. Certainly, getting it to the North Island, you've got to you've got to run it over a a, a bit of uh, I don't know, a bit of wire running under the yeah running under the cook straight, straight yeah. um, a, a, a few uh, chunky strings there, um, and and then there's um, there's AWS's commitment to um, by 2025 to have a hundred percent of their um, data center power being from renewable sources. Oh, actually, that was the other point I was going to make. I think that's a really good point. Um, I know Amazon and Microsoft are both committed not just to carbon neutrality, I think to carbon negativity, which is a a fantastic thing, right? Um, So, again, you know, I think all of those things are are goodness. It's kind of hard to find anything bad in this. I know there'll be some people that talk about large American corporations coming in and taking dollars out of New Zealand. But, you know, that's just how business works. But I think all in all, it's a very, very net positive thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm kind of curious how that plays out. At, at the moment, um, you know, it would be – it's somewhat debatable whether you can buy, um, you know, 100% renewable energy in New Zealand because it comes yeah. off, off the – the, the the same grid you can't say well mine came from here and yours came from uh, from there necessarily in terms of how things operate at the moment I mean you can buy off a company whose you know whose own generation capabilities might might be a hundred percent but you get whatever's going on if you put a load on the grid then uh, that might that might lead to um, more um, you know, more coal being burned, et cetera. So, um, yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see it play out. I, you know, I would, I would love to see uh, AWS making some some investments in that direction. Um, yeah, we're still 
what three 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 over three years out from yeah. the end of 2024 so there's plenty of time for them to you know figure it all out they've got to get um um the uh what is it the ois uh approval um the overseas and in, in investment uh uh approval from the government so oia i think it is no i'm getting my terms mixed up here what what is it brett overseas investment office oio OIO, maybe that's it. Yeah, it's all these acronyms. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's um, I, you know I think pretty encouraging. But we'll be following certainly following this over over the years ahead um, until we uh, until we 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 get the results and uh, then there'll be there'll be new things to discuss and you know people will be. <laughs> Figuring out, uh, um, you know, what's 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 next, you know, and I and I guess that people will be wondering, uh, especially those that are um, that are using uh, Google Cloud services and uh, and some of the other vendors, is well, just how many are coming to New Zealand? Are they all going to set up in Auckland, which is what we're yeah. seeing at the moment? The uh, you know the interest in uh, sort of Invercargill direction um, doesn't seem to be there at uh, at this point. Um, so yeah, and, and I mean, we could probably delve deep into detail on that one. I, let's not do that today. Otherwise we won't have time to talk about anything else. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, exciting overall would, would love to hear any listener sort of questions or queries or, or things that are, that are, that are on your mind. Um, and you know, certainly, um, there's, there's a potential to bring, um, um, AWS into the into the conversation at some point. Um, I'm not sure we, we probably get too much from them at this stage. Um, now, on to other topics. Um, I haven't seen any a local announcement yet, uh, unless I've missed an email or missed some news as of last time I looked anyway. Um, but what I saw out of... Um, out of Australia from um, Vocus HQ um, was a note that um, they're uh, um, they're rebranding uh, Vocus NZ Vocus New Zealand as uh, as Orcon Group, and um, they're going to get rolling on uh, on an IPO on uh, listing um, listing well what will be Orcon Group. Uh, on the NZX and on the uh, on the a- a- ASX, um, ASX, yeah, yeah, and so dual dual listing, um, and that seems to be more and more and more um, where things are going is either um, entirely to the ASX and and not even bothering with our New Zealand stock exchange, um, or 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 a dual listing, I suppose. Um, there, there's not the confidence there was. Um, in uh, in the NZX, sort of, um, you know, a, a decade ago, that's for sure. Yeah, it's changed. Eh? I mean, and I must admit, that's not something I follow particularly closely. But um, I've read a few little snippets along the way of, um, you know, some concerns from a bunch of business people about the a, uh, sorry NZX. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, hopefully, if it's a dual listing, that's a good thing. I'm sure the NZX would be very happy with that. Um, but man, it just goes to show, you know, there is a lot of money sloshing around the world markets at the moment, and there's a lot of opportunities for these companies to go public. Um, and I'm sure it must be very tempting. There must be a lot of banking people scrabbling to get some of these companies to market before that kind of tops out, runs out. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, so we'll follow that. No doubt there will there will be some you know formal local announcements once they're once they're ready. This you know looks like it's it's coming from uh, um, you know the financial end with the the you know parent um, organisation there uh, in in Australia. Uh, I don't I don't think this uh, will will be a bad thing. We you know we've got great leadership on uh, on on uh, on the New Zealand um, front, and um, you know I I think. Um, Good, good things ahead. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I'll be, be watching it with an interest. And you know, <laughs> um, you know, change, you know, there could could be changes afoot on uh, um, on other telcos at, at any point. Um, it's it's great having a competitive marketplace, and you know, I think we really have that on the telecommunications side. Uh, you know, very strongly in New Zealand yeah. right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, now. Microsoft from from time to time have uh, have been releasing uh, releasing some hardware and um, you know the the Surface brand is their uh, is their big uh, their big brand and hardware these days and you know you 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 could say that they've really drawn um, from from Apple in terms of you know as a vendor uh, releasing really nice good. Um, you know, stylish and well-built hardware, um, where they control the, you know, the the whole thing, sort of, you know, start to finish uh, by, you know, building the software and so on. This is hardware made uh, specifically to run Windows. Um, generally speaking, actually, there's a bit of a variation there with the uh, uh, the Surface uh, the Surface Duo and the and the new Surface Duo. Um, but uh, otherwise, Windows. And I, I remember, uh, you know, hearing from them initially when they they launched the Surface product range, and yeah, it seemed like this was going to be a real kick in the teeth for the HPs and Lenovo's of 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 this world. And you know, I thought about the well, um, yes, you know, you you buy. Uh, you buy HP or Lenovo because you trust they make good equipment and so on, but you basically buy it to to run Windows on. And you know the Apple model had worked quite well, um, and certainly it's been it's been turned into a good sized business for uh, you know for Microsoft. You know for years it's it's you know typically generated in in excess of what billion billion US dollars uh, a quarter. I uh, haven't looked haven't looked at the uh, the figures um, today, but it's it's usually pretty strong. Um, so yeah, good to see them um, continuing to iterate. But I'm not sure it all is sort of run runs per- perfectly in that world for uh, for Microsoft. Um, Hardware's hard, man. Real it, hard. It is. It really is, isn't it? Um, what What are you uh, What are you running in terms of um, you know a device the, the, these days? Um, I actually did a count up the other day. I think we've got about six or eight laptops in this house for yeah. uh, for four people. Awesome. Um, I've got two Lenovo ThinkPads. The one I'm on at the moment is a Carbon X one, which I just adore. It's great hardware. Um, haven't used a Surface since um, one of the first iterations. Um, might have even been the Surface RT. It might have been the first iteration. Um, but one of the things, just as an aside, that interests me about the Surface business is um, I know when I was at Microsoft uh, Yonks back, um, there were growing concerns about the quality of the hardware that some of the OEM, some of the manufacturers were shipping. And it wasn't so much the physical um, hardware itself. It was um, what 
one of the senior vice presidents uh, referred to as craplets that they used to install on uh, on the machines, uh, often as money-making things. You know, they would let all of these vendors, um, you know, bid for desktop space and there'd be different search engines and this and that and marketplaces and other stuff in it. Yeah. Um, a lot of them loaded at boot and slowed things down and they were garbage and the user experience was terrible and they weren't reliable. And so... Um, I am absolutely 99.9% sure that one of the key strategies behind Microsoft getting into the hardware space was to set some sort of example about how hardware could and should be done, um, particularly in a world where Apple are just, you know, they are the hardware company. I don't think anybody has ever built devices as, you know, amazing, robust, feature-rich, regularly updated, all that type of thing. Um, And I think Microsoft saw a gap where there wasn't really anyone, anyone doing that in the PC space, a lot of them got kind of dumb, fat, and happy. So I think that as a strategy has proven to be a, a very good one. Mm-hmm. I think generally the quality of PC hardware, the capability has gone up since Microsoft got surface into, into market. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, I haven't had any of the experience you have, Paul, when it comes to actually using the devices. So. Yeah, I mean, we'd, we'd certainly see it, um, you know, within Gorilla across, um, you know, environments where, where we where we run Surface. I've certainly, um, you know, spent a lot of time using using Surface devices. Uh, you know, in fact, I think the, the the first Surface Pro when it came out wasn't, you know, wasn't directly launched in New Zealand, um, but uh, they uh, launched, I think, on a Saturday in the in the US, and we had one arrive on a FedEx here. Um, on a flight straight back, so it was uh, arrived in New Zealand on Sunday New Zealand time, and uh, you know we had it to discuss on the on the NZ Tech podcast on the on the Monday by the time it had gone through <laughs> customs. So you know a, a fair history with uh, you know with those devices and uh, even things like the uh, the Surface Duo, which yeah they haven't uh, they haven't gone as far as to launch into into the New Zealand market or. Or many others, and um, yeah, they, they do seem to be um, you know quite variable. I think your your, your point about you know hardware being hard, um, you know, is uh, is is very true. And you know, of course, Microsoft had a really good go at uh, at at having a um, you know a, a, an important uh, role in uh, um, the mobile market, and um, you know, bought uh, Nokia's handset division and. Um, um, and then you know quite quickly uh, you know shut that shut that down effectively um, after uh, you know Sachin Nadella um, you know came in as as chief executive. Um, so it's, it's been an interesting time. I was I was looking at a um, um, a story around um, Microsoft earnings, and I will just point um, point some something out. So this was uh, end of end of July when they announced their uh, you know Q four. Um, uh, earnings and so not not too far back, um, but talking to the AWS versus uh, Microsoft Azure um, at at that point their uh, their um, a- Azure had posted fifty one percent growth. Um, I guess com- com- probably comparing to um, to the same the same quarter um, la- year. last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, so um, pretty impressive on that front. Um, interestingly, the surface revenue fell twenty percent. Um, wow, that's interesting. So, which, given in lockdown, everyone, every man and their dog is buying hardware. Yeah, 
yeah, quite a quite a surprise. So um, it would be very it'd be it'd be very interesting to see some more detailed analysis of you know exactly uh, exactly um, you know what is known about why why that's happening. Um, certainly, what what uh, we've seen, and you know, my my sample size uh, is is not massive, but um, we do still seem to see ongoing reliability issues with the surface product um, that are out of step with certainly with HP and 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 Lenovo. Um, I think they make great designs. Um, you know, the the Surface Pro. Um, you know, basically created a new category of computing device that didn't exist before. Um, the iPad Pro and and you know a range of other devices from just about every manufacturer um, has has very much mimicked um, you know the the original Surface uh, product line, um, but it, but not all of the Surface products are um yeah as reliable as as we might like and um you know we've we've probably for those that have surface devices that have had issues um if if you know if they're personal devices or if you get involved in in the uh the firmware updates um you know you might have noticed that uh they they seem to come more regularly from microsoft which you know sometimes that can be a really good thing that a that a vendor uh you know continues to improve on their product um, but when you when you read pretty much in uh, in every one of those updates that it, it's got reliability fixes, and you're still seeing those things come sort of two or three years down the track, um, that's maybe not not the best sign. So uh, yeah, it, yeah. It actually, and that raises an interesting point, right? I mean, you know, I don't know how many updates my iPad gets um, a year, but it's a lot, right? Mm. Um, but they all happen at night or just about all of them happen at night in the background um, and I don't really think of them. So the user experience um, is different, even though the situation is probably the same. You know, there's a, a lot of updating going on, um, but if you force customers with a laptop to go through convoluted firmware update things that they get to see on the screen that, you know, pop up at the most inopportune moments, that's not going to make anyone happy. Hey, just while you were talking, I went and had a quick look. Um, PC shipments... Uh, for quarter one of this year, year on year, grew 55.2% worldwide. So the market's grown by half, or the shipments increased by over 50%, um, and and surface sales um, declined in that time is what you're saying effectively, right? Yes, yeah. I would imagine there's a senior VP of hardware at Microsoft that's not having a good time right now. Yeah, yeah, I think there's there's some indicators there. Um, actually, and I was just looking online um, at at the Verge. Um, they have some interesting, uh, you know, interesting coverage around the um, the new surfaces. And there's a headline there. You know, you mentioned uh, before using the ThinkPad X1 Carbon. Um, their headline is Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Carbon Gen 9 review. Ninth times the charm. Um, so <laughs> I, I I think they're fairly enamoured with uh, with the with the uh, the ThinkPad uh, there too, especially the X1 Carbon. So um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty pretty interesting. Um, look, there's 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 certainly a lot we could uh, we could delve into on the uh, on the Surface front. Um, you know, the laptop studio seems to be um, you know something of a of a um, a new device. I, I know some media have sort of said, "Well, you know, it's it's uh, it's maybe maybe not as as uh, as cool as uh, as what what people think." 
um but i think you know it's it's good to see microsoft ex experimenting they've yeah. got um you know they've got the following they've got the base it's not quite sort of um apple like in terms of a following but people will will go ahead and and try out most of the the sorts of devices that they uh they bring to market uh you know they've got a good customer base there so um yeah so that it's quite a quite an interesting um you know device change so uh, yeah i'm kind of curious to see how that plays um but that so that one's the, the surface laptop um studio um which yeah look looks like a looks like an and it's an unusual looking device i suppose um, it is. I'm looking at it now that yep. and the uh the surface pro 8 are the first surface devices from microsoft uh to have thunderbolt they've got thunderbolt um four and those use the USB C style um, connection. So um, there's some you know, pros and cons of that. There have been some security issues um, with with Thunderbolt, and um, I'd be curious to sort of delve in and see whether um, they're able to protect against um, those particular issues we've seen with Thunderbolt in the past, and uh, basically enabling um, a sort of a bypass of encryption on 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 drives that has been um, kind of a benefit of the Surface uh, Surface products. Um, but a refresh on the the design of the Surface Pro Eight that uh, um, you know br brings it um, in line in in many ways with um, the Surface Pro X, which was kind of their cutting cutting edge Surface design last year. Um, which is is nice, um, and uh, yeah, there's there's refreshes, uh, you know, a few other refreshes there. Um, they've oh, and while we're talking refresh, they've gone to faster uh, screen refresh uh, rates. So, yes, um, um, and uh, of course, we're we're on the verge of Windows 11 launch as well. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm keen to uh, to see the devices and see how they play out. Um, Look, uh, you know, although I've sort of been, you know, somewhat critical of their reliability, um, they it is really nice hardware, um, and um, you know, when it when it works, um, it often works very very well. Um, but I, you know, I think they've certainly made some missteps on that reliability front. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, I uh, I just loaned my um, um, Microsoft Surface uh, Duo um, to. Um, uh, Henry from um, uh, Business uh, Business Desk, uh, who was on the podcast a, a few weeks back, he's keen to uh, get some hands on, have a have a little bit of a look at it. Um, and um, yeah, we've had a, an announcement from Microsoft that they're uh, that they've you know refreshed uh, that particular product, the, the the Duo, and they've addressed it. It's probably two major shortcomings. One very high end phone. I mean, it cost to get it into New Zealand. It was over three thousand dollars to to get hands on because they've not uh, they've not launched it here. Um, so cheaper than that in the US, um, but an expensive device. Um, but it had when it came out, it had the last generation chip in it, and um, in order to fit in its slim case, it had a very very poor. Um, you know, camera in the scheme of things compared to what we expect from a high-end phone from a, yeah. a Samsung or Apple. They've addressed that with a big camera bump. Um, there was really no other way to do it, and they seem to have actually made that uh, work because I wonder, well, what else can you do? The way it folds back on itself was was really, really yeah. nice, um, but they've, they've taken advantage of there being a bit of a gap, and you can put a stylus in there. Um, so a good refresh, but does still seem to be quite a niche product. So 
um, I, yeah, I'm kind of curious to, to follow, um, you know, Microsoft's fortunes and, yeah, seeing seeing them drop market share at this point, um, yeah, not 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 the best indicator for them. So, um, no, yeah, no, we'll, we'll I, see I love how that plays out. I wrote down something you said. I have to quote it back to you because it would make a terrible tagline. When it works, it often works really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is why you're not in advertising, Paul. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Um, no, look, I I I have a a like for their devices. I I enjoy using them, um, but you know, having seen so many of them in action. And uh, yeah, some of the challenges. It uh, it just uh, you know I think it's slight, slightly out of um, you know out of sync um, with with the rest of the industry in terms yeah. of the the number of issues. And you'll see that on the the forums and the message boards and you know the IT folks that are uh, that are trying to yeah. make the work in their organisations and are you know tearing their hair out because of blue screens of death and 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 other sorts of issues, which you know. Really, um, we sh- we shouldn't be having we shouldn't be having those sorts of issues in this in this day and age. Um, and you know, I remember back to back to the old days, the nineties, where you know the um, those blue screen of death, those crashes, um, you know, were uh, I don't know they were, they were you could you could largely point the blame at Microsoft for um, you know software and drivers that weren't quite quite right. They did an incredible job to address that. Um, but now for it to be Microsoft that's bringing them back, um, maybe yeah. a little bit more than, than, than the it's others, look, right? um, uh, it's not quite right. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, what an interesting situation. I mean, I can I genuinely believe that them getting into the hardware market lifted um, everyone's expectations around what Windows-based hardware um, should and could look like. I think that's a really good thing. I agree, um, 100%. The fact that they've backpedaled and... and sales at a time where everyone else seems to have got right on the front foot um, is not a good thing. It'll be interesting to see what they do to fix that. I mean, you know, Microsoft is not a company that sits there and twiddles its thumbs when they have problems like that. So I would imagine that there's a lot of soul searching and stuff being sorted out as we speak. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, they've come from behind in many, many fields and done very well. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, the hardware we see today for running Windows on across, you know, Every brand is is so much sharper, more robust. Yep. The industrial Absolutely. design, all yep. of those elements, um, are completely different to what what we were seeing, uh, you know, a, a, a decade or so back. Absolutely, I miss my um, Windows phone though. <laughs> well, I uh, don't think it's coming back. I'm afraid, Brett. Um, <laughs> no. Now, a couple of other topics I just wanted to cover off quickly because I know we're just about out of time. Um, I see Tesla have have, have opened uh, up the uh, access uh, to their full self drive beta. This is this is US only, um, um, but there's some interesting tech in there. So if you want to participate in it because it is still beta, um, they you have to you know basically give them the okay to um, consider your uh, your driving history. And so they're saying, well, if if you're gonna um, you know, hand over to our computer to drive. At this point, it is it is still a you know it is still test software. It's still beta. You need to keep your hands on the wheel, and you need to be uh, you need to be awake and not a risky driver. Um, and you know, some people might say, "Oh, that's a bit spooky," but uh, you know, I think absolutely. You know, lives are, lives are at stake here, 
and uh, it's the right approach. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of encouraged by that. What we don't know is when are they going to open up this internationally and uh, when, when can uh, Kiwis uh, get their hands on it and, uh, and try it out on New Zealand roads. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm imagining that's probably not going to be this year. Uh, no, I, say you might least. be right. <laughs> yeah. and, and not just that, try it out on uh, New Zealand pedestrians. And yeah, New Zealand. well, the, yeah, yeah the, tech, <laughs> the tech's pretty good, um, but uh, it's not 100%, right? Um, the uh, the other thing that sort of um, uh, caught my attention was uh, um, I saw uh, BBC covering um, China's central bank, making it very clear cryptocurrency transactions are illegal. Um, and, you know, we, we seem to see things in some ways sort of suggesting that uh, that cryptocurrency is, is very much going to become normal and, and mainstream. And there's, you know, been a lot of uh, discussion around uh, China launching their own, you know, government-controlled um, uh, crypto. Um, but then on the other side, uh, they banned it. And, of course, you know, China has been the place where, a very, very large portion of, uh, you know, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies have been, uh, you know, have been have been mined. They've been sort of the leading country for it. So uh, quite a big turnaround, but the market still still looks to be ro- very robust. <laughs> I find crypto absolutely fascinating. I can never work out what the hell's going on in there, or when I do, I'm like 10 years too late anyway. But um, but I think this the China thing is interesting for a couple of reasons, right? So, um I've long argued that um, governments will start to come down on crypto the minute people are able to shuffle vast sums of money across borders without governments being able to see it or tax it. Um, anti-money laundering is is going to get in its way. Um, but but also, um, I think in China, there's something going on in China right now. You, you know, you, you look at what happened with Jack Ma, uh, what's happened with some of the CEOs of companies over there, the banning of um, gaming or the limiting of computer game time. Um, there is clearly something very, very significant and serious going on within China at the moment in the tech sector. And I, you know, I suspect in some ways this plays into that. You know, would I expect China to launch their own crypto currency of some sort? Wouldn't surprise me at all. That, you know, they are for a totalitarian regime that, you know, um, commits genocide. They are a very sophisticated, smart, um, country technically um, and economically and and I'm sure I'd be very surprised if they just cut into the North Korea and shut themselves off from crypto but would they want some sort of crypto that they could absolutely manage and control themselves I think that would make complete sense given their you know the way their politics work so I think there's a lot more to play out here but I think it's just a small part of a much bigger picture of what's going on in China at the moment in the tech space and I think that's going to be interesting to see what what that is and why you know the how long did Jack Ma disappear for? Three months, four months. Richest man in China, I think he was at the time. Um, you know, his IPO of um, what was the company? Uh, they were going to IPO one of his companies, right? It's going to be a, the biggest IPO in China. Didn't happen, right? So there's there's definitely something else going on in there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Al- Alibaba there, um, and and yeah, all that he's been involved in. Um, has uh, Ant Ant was what it was. Ah, uh, yep, yep. Ant was it Ant Financial? That's it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, it very. I and I and I wonder whether the their their most recent actions will create a scenario where China's you know best and brightest will want to be 
somewhere other than China um, mm. to launch their firms because they just don't know what happens to them if they ever, you know, step step out of line and 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 don't tow the, um, you know, party CCP, line, uh, party line, right? Um, right. You know, literally is a part of the party line. So yep. uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. Um, the the last um, the last thing that that caught my attention. Well, the, I think it's a few things that caught my attention over the last week, but uh, that I I thought we had to talk about. Um, a, an article from uh, Vice magazine um, mm -hmm. titled Winged Microchips Are the Smallest Flying Machines uh, Made by Humans. And uh, they're, they're basically covering off this, um, you know, concept of, um, uh, you know, microchip um, scale actually, you know, built like a microchip Um and and you know we all know what that means very 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 tiny um basically winged microchips um you know that can blow around with with the wind um like uh you know seeds and um you know do do all manner of things at a at a you know a very minor scale so you can imagine you know monitoring uh, uh air pollution was one thing that was mentioned um tracking the spread of um disease and you know collecting various uh data along the way um and you know if they're made in a in a biodegradable um manner uh which is what this article suggests i'm not quite sure how how practical that uh, that really is, um, but uh, you know, certainly very very small. You yeah, you can imagine these things just kind of uh, you know just sort of just disappearing really. So yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I I hadn't seen the article till you sent it through, but I found it quite fascinating. Um, I do a lot of um, presentations on technology, and one of the things I talk about is just how things are getting you know smaller and smaller and cheaper and cheaper and all that sort of thing. And um, if you go and Google up smart dust, smart moats, you know, the technology to um, put quite a bit of capability into the most tiny of, of devices is, is something that's been worked on for a long time. So, you know, when I when you first flick the link through, I look and went, oh, yeah, sure. But actually, I'm, I'm absolutely sure. I don't see any reason why that, you know, couldn't, couldn't be done. Um, and, and the other thing to bear in mind too here is that when we see these types of things, you know, you know the military's been doing it for five years or ten years <laughs> prior, right? Um, if you don't, like, I, in fact, I just Googled up um, Blackhawk Nano. So, you know, the Blackhawk Nano's a um, American military um, or Western military um, nano helicopter that's about, you know, this big, tiny little things. Um, that eventually, I'm sure, will go down to, you know, Noel Emings and buy one off to fly around. But at the moment, the military have them um, that small. But all that stuff always comes out much earlier in the, in the military space. I'm absolutely sure that, you know, those things are out there now, being used now. Um, you know, that is, that's the way of tech, right? They're the ones that have got the money to spend on it to make the first one. Yep. Um, that's uh, that's where, where a lot of the funding and a lot of the, the secret activity comes from. Right. But, uh, um, you know, as as the broader populace we get to benefit from uh you know from those things that go into military and there's probably a whole discussion that could be uh could be had and you know i know it's been raised with with rocket lab and uh yeah, you know, military type yeah. funding and and uh and so on and what that means should we or shouldn't we um and you know similar things around the recent um 
um, you know, space exploration by, uh, you know, from a from a tourist perspective. Uh, and is that good? Is that bad? And, you know, couldn't that money be spent better on, you know, helping people out of poverty and so on? Um, but I, I, I tend, tend to think that uh, the, these things are probably probably worth doing. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't debate them and, and shouldn't delve into how to how to make them work out really well. Um, and uh, yeah, to be more on the on the positive side than the, the negative. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's 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 a there's a there's a lot of good that can maybe come from um, from things that we're we're not uh, not necessarily that excited by. Yeah, look, and I mean that's just always been the way, right? The Apollo um, missions, the Apollo program, caused you know created all sorts of incredible innovations that eventually made the way into everyday lives. I think that's where Velcro came from, wasn't it? But um, amongst other things. But I, I think you know, yeah, you raise an interesting topic, and it's, we could spend a whole podcast talking about this. I'd actually written down the SpaceX thing as a as a topic to potentially talk about because I think it does raise some interesting questions, and it just. Um, I think just given, you know, New Zealand's position in the overall scheme of things, the size of us as a, as a nation, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, right at the beginning, everyone was very enthused about SpaceX and what they were doing and, you know, incredibly innovative. And look at us, we've got, what is it, more rocket scientists per per capita than any other country in the world now, um, which I tell my Australian friends um, on a regular basis. Um, but, you know, what happens when they start launching American military satellites from New Zealand? So how do we feel about that? It's probably slightly different. Uh, you know, I don't know that it's 100% wrong, um, whatever, but I think these are things, these are um, difficult, challenging things that we'll need to confront or discuss at some point in the future. That's just the, the nature of the beast, right? Uh, yeah, I agree, and and you know it's one of the one of the benefits of yeah, living in a democracy is we can have these discussions. And, yeah, that's, uh, right. that's right. You know, uh, well, having, having, having a crypto taken away. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, uh, Brett. Uh, great to great to catch up. Now, if people want to want to connect with you, um, you're Brett Roberts on uh, on Twitter. Um, yep. Any 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 other suggestions if those, those uh, want to get oh. in touch? Find, find me on LinkedIn. Um, yep. Funnily enough, I have the same name there. Um, or, yeah, Twitter. Yep. I'm pretty active on Twitter. I like Twitter. Um, come and have a chat. I would thoroughly enjoy it. That's awesome. Oh, thanks so much, Brett. And, uh, yeah, well, thanks, for those Paul. that are listening uh, listening into the podcast, um, just a heads up, most weeks we are also streaming uh, live uh, more often than not on a Tuesday uh, Tuesday afternoon. And so you can find us on, on LinkedIn. Facebook and uh, and usually Twitter as well. So we'll look forward to catching everybody next week. And thank you again, Brett Roberts. And thanks for uh, for listening in, folks. A special thank you to our partners who make the New Zealand Tech Podcast possible, and are proud supporters of the tech and innovation ecosystems here in New Zealand. They are Umbrella Connect, Vocus, Vodafone, Spark, HP, and Gorilla Technology. New Zealand Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community. Proudly supported by Umbrella Connect.